This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the To Hull and Back podcast. A nice, seamless intro because obviously Nathaniel's not on, so it all works today. <laughs> we've, got a, we've got a few subjects to talk about today. We're actually going to try a few new um, little topic bubbles. So if you're watching along live, you know what we're talking about. Um, audio listeners, obviously. If you're on audio, you're screwed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, you know, you, 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 you'll have your own thoughts on audio anyway, won't you? And uh, obviously, I'm joined today by Will. Uh, and I've got, um, I've been promising my little cousin James that he can come on for a long time. We've got him on today. So how are we all doing, guys? Are we all right? Yeah, nepotism at its finest. Yeah, well, I mean, when you're in a position of power, you can do that. Go and have the power, can't we? It's not a really, you know. <laughs> well, it is, it's, I mean, some would say. I mean, some would say it's actually a really nice thing to do. Um, we've got Tiger's Newsroom. In the comments already. Now then, guys. So yeah, obviously this podcast is sponsored by um, the uh, Old Zoological Pub in Hull and Kingfisher Fish and Chips on Spring Bank. Um, we'll get straight into some uh, very positive podcasts today. Obviously, two wins on the bounce. Um, the first one we'll chat about today, obviously, will be the uh, two 0 win over Birmingham at St Andrews. Um, win Rooney's Birmingham, to be more accurate. Um, a game that I think was a bit of a um, probably a strange one for people to predict because obviously we don't know. Rooney's not had really that much time to to mould Birmingham into what he wants, so you didn't know what kind of Birmingham would turn up. But with it being their first home game, it was probably one that um, we expected maybe a tougher game, would I be right in saying, than, than, than what we end up, ended up having in the end? Because I thought we fully controlled that from, from start to finish. Is that I something you agree it, with, Will? I thought it would be slightly tougher. Maybe not tough, but I thought at least Birmingham would put up a bit more of a fight. Um, yeah, it was completely dominant, com- uh, complete domination. Really, um, should have been, should have won by more. And Birmingham were just, it was like the Wednesday game. Really, it was like the team, our opponents, just were never good, like never in it. Really, for the most part. And then it was just nice, a bit of a quick thinking from Delap and a bit of genius from Philogene. I think that'll be the only time we mention Philogene tonight. Um, to uh, win the game. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, I think these kind of games are the ones where, when you're looking across the season, these 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 games are the ones that are probably the difference between being a side that, that gets their way into a top six or mid-table. I think the, the, these are the games that you've got to go there and, and, and win uh, to sort of get that difference, um, obviously, in, in terms of momentum. I mean, we were on a bad run. I think, what was it, two wins in nine? Um, and then to go get our second clean sheet of the season. Do you think that maybe that win, James, was what spared sort of that momentum into the Preston game? That's something we could carry on that that confidence. I think uh, coming off of, you know the previous results that we had two draws and two losses, it definitely helped 
with kind of the momentum in the team. I mean, not saying that though, it was definitely a really hard, hard fought victory at Preston. They're saying that, you know, they didn't give us an easy game and it wasn't a comfortable victory. So it's, it's not like the players kind of went into the game after Birmingham expecting to absolutely rinse Preston. Do you know what I mean? It, it, it didn't feel that way in the ground anyway. Mm. I mean, with, with, with Birmingham, um, and that's such. Because I can't actually remember them having too many chances. I think early on they flirted with a couple of dangerous crosses towards the far post where we got caught in possession. And start of the second half, on. kind of uh, ten minutes at the start of the second half, they tried to sort of push forward and they, they had a lot of the ball, but they didn't create many great chances with it. Yeah, and I think um, Liam Delap, obviously back in that central role, um, having such a good, he had a, a, similar to Jade and had a really good um, international break with the under twenty ones. Um, I just think that Delap. Is probably, I mean, the Preston and Stoke fans that told us he was going to be one of the worst strikers we've ever had couldn't be couldn't be any wider of the mark. I mean, his his ability on the ball. I mean, obviously his anticipation for that first goal at Birmingham was was brilliant because I mean Rooney wants them to play out from the back, but it's a bit of a Poundland Rosinia in it, and, and he, he pounced on that chance and put it away. Um, do you think that Delap in the middle is his best position? Then, will would you rather see him oh, down there than out wide? Absolutely. Well, yeah, working out wide has worked in the previous games, for example, against Leicester. Yeah, he's definitely much better in the middle when he's, he's backs to goal and he gets the ball and he just turns and runs with it. He just seems to be able to do it with such ease. He, he's very... I don't want to compare him to someone like that, but he's very he's very Harry Kane-esque the way he just controls the ball and runs with it. Um, and him getting on the score sheet is only... Because I'm like, so what... What's he on now? Is it four goals now this season? I think yeah. it is. Three or four. And obviously scored during the international break. And um, hopefully he can push on a bit more because um well at least get double figures. He has to at least get double figures the way he's playing. Yeah. I think with the lap though, it's like I've said on other podcasts that I've been on it, what he brings to the team is more than just his goals because it's his I mean, he he must absolutely put the fear in defenders when when he gets that ball oh. on the spin. And then just just sprints at the back four, and just, they have to commit. It's, it's so easily, it's ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, teams are resorting. I mean, I think there's. I remember. I think I read that we're the most fouled side in the league at the minute, and I think we it's were because least, we've got. We were at least last week, anyway. Yeah, yeah. I, I, would you? I mean, we've got players like Delap and, and Philogene and, and Lakila now who's coming to the side that are just direct runners, and their first thought is, "I'm going to drive straight at this back four, which is it's something I don't think we had last season. And especially with Delap, who probably gets the vast majority of free kicks, him and Jaden, because when Delap's running at, at, at the back four and he's just storming towards the box, defenders feel like they've got no other thing to do than to foul him. Um, but obviously, with City's record with set pieces and then Scott Twine coming in and they'll think we might get a couple of free kick goals, James. Um, do you think set pieces is definitely something that we've got to improve on this season? Because it we just need- seems like, I, I don't think I can remember the last time we scored one. We need to absolutely work on it. I mean, Twine was brought in to be a set piece match, and what's he done so far? I mean, it's it's offered a bar, you know, every single time. Our, our corners are absolutely just, you know, I, I sit, you sit there and watch us take on. It's like, oh, we've got another one. You know, no one's jumping for joy, expecting anything to come from it. It's just going to be like, oh, we're just going to be a recycled play around the back again. I mean, it's it's something that Rossini definitely needs to address because I mean. Other teams definitely look a threat against us from set pieces and it just really does not feel that way on our part. Yeah, I mean, I, I can. I mean, without trying to put in too much of a negative spin on this episode, I think the, the, the fact that we're sat in sixth, only two points behind third place, and we don't really score set pieces is probably evident in itself that if we could get one or two more set-piece goals in games, that's probably the difference between all these draws that we're having and the wins that could put us into an even better position. So do you think set pieces are going to be something that Rosini and Nosey needs to work on, Will? Do you think we'll, we'll turn it around eventually? Do you think Twine's just one goal away from, from showing us the best version of himself? I, I think he's one goal away because it was, was it against, was it against Preston or was it against Birmingham where he had a free kick that just whizzed past the far post? And he he's getting closer. Yeah, yeah, he's getting closer. And I think eventually he will get one in. I think we will get a couple of set piece goals in at some point. It's just about working on them. But I think Rossini is working on them all the time in training. They'll do it every day. They'll do some set piece training. And it's just about, I think it's sometimes the need to put the ball in the box a little bit more instead of doing the short corner every now and then as frequently as they do. Um, but 
eventually one is definitely going to pay off. Um, on, on that, just going back to that fouls thing, I've just had a quick check. And we are the most fouled team in the division. And we're also the second cleanest team in the division. Uh, but we've got well. the fourth most uh, yellow cards. Whenever we commit a foul, it's a bad one, in other words. Yeah, well, well, is it though? Because I, I think we're committing the, yeah. the same kind of fouls as, as what other teams are giving us. I mean that that's from where I'm sat. Especially against if you if you think back to the Coventry game at home, I mean they they battered us blue. Preston, very physical team. Um, I mean if you if you think when we're playing in away games, and like I say, when you've got that front four running at people and, and their their first thought is I'm gonna have to take this guy down because he's he's gonna get in the box if not. They're they're cynical professional fouls to me. So they're they're yellows. So teams should be getting more yellows against us than what we're giving out, in my opinion. But the standard of officials have been garbage this season anyway, aren't they? Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, we'll 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 move on to the Preston game because both games were, were very similar, very positive, and obviously Preston was is fresh in the brain. Um, a game that I mean, Preston had won in six when they came here. Um, they were a side that were that were top of the league at one point. They, I think they went seven or eight games unbeaten at the beginning of the season. They were, yeah. but I feel like a lot of fans felt like they were in a false position and it would fall apart eventually. Um, well, but a tough game. The same last season as well. They did the same last yeah. season as well. They started the season with, without conceding for about the same amount of time as they have now. It was a ridiculous long run. Yeah. So we, we knew it was going to be a tough game because they've obviously made themselves similar to what we were last season. A, a, a team that don't want to concede goals and make themselves hard to beat. Um, but we did beat them. Uh, mm-hmm. We found a way. I feel like um, we, we, we kind of did the usual city where we started a bit too slow at home. Um, the only thing that was missing was the away side going 1-0 up, but I don't think Preston even wanted to win the game. Is that something that you'd echo, James? I mean, they were time-wasting from the off, weren't they? Yeah, I mean, you can see from on the goalie, I mean, he was just keeping the ball as long as he could, trying to get the clock down, and Preston just looked negative on the pitch. I mean, it, it didn't look as if they came out here to win the game. They were looking for a scrappy draw, even going towards the end of the game. When you know it, it just it just felt like it was constant barrage from them trying to get that equalising goal so they could walk away with a point. I mean the, the the full match that I mean that was the best we saw out of them all match really was the, like the last you know ten minutes of the match really. I mean the, the full first half it, it, it felt like they was constantly on the back foot and just trying riders to keep us out and like say making them fouls and wasting as much time as possible really to get to the half time. Mm. It felt you, was, was, it felt like they'd come. It felt like they'd come for a smash and grab win. I felt yeah, they'd come to sort of kill time for most of the game, and then in the uh, during the second half, try and nick one. Did it surprise you, Will? Did you expect them to come here and have a go? Or did they play exactly where you expected them to? Uh, I expected them to be a bit more uh, aggressive in the attack, just purely because they haven't won in a while. But um, there were. I think I think the way we play kind of stifled them a lot though as well, which probably denied them a lot of what they wanted to do, um, which which sort of made them resort to just sort of kicking our players for the most part. Mm. I mean, I, f- I feel like we could spin it into a positive and, and be like, we're very hard to beat at home. Obviously, only Southampton beating us at home this season. I think we've only lost twice in the last 19, 20 games at home under Rosinia. Something like um, that, yeah. So teams know that they're going to come here and it's going to be tough to win. So it, is it more of a compliment that teams are, av- are coming here and, and saying, no, we, we can't really have a go at these because we're going to need to set, sit back uh, and make it difficult for them because if, if we try and play, they're going to beat us. Uh, it's, always, um, it's always a compliment so to show you respect. Yeah. But then, it, it, but then that, that comes the problem where we, we, we tend to struggle against sides that, that, that sit deep um, but against Preston, obviously, James, that, that they did that and they, they didn't seem interested in winning the game. It was up to us to find that creativity and guile to get the goal to win the game. But when you've got someone like Jade and Philogene, um, who can single-handedly win you the game with, with a moment of quality, could he be the difference between us being in mid-table and being top six contenders? I, th- I think what, what Philogene brings to the team absolutely is a difference between a mid-table team and, and going for that playoff run. I mean, he's another, another level of quality from any other player we've got on the pitch, really. I mean, obviously, you can say that the, the lap is up there as well. Um, but Philogene is just something else. He's so good with the ball at his feet. Uh, he's, he's absolutely brilliant in making the right runs. He's the type of winger we've been looking for and trying out for really for a long time. And his ability to just kind of turn players inside out inside the box and, you know, get them goals from, from angles, even from distance as well. 
that those type of goals are what's going to win us games. And Philogene single-handedly has almost done that kind of two two games on the trot. Yeah, I mean, he's. I think he's the kind of player that Rosina expected Ebuwe to be last season. Um, yeah. Obviously, we needed that bit of creativity last season to to try and win games, and obviously Malcolm never ended up being that, and therefore we had to just make ourselves have as many clean sheets as possible because we couldn't really score goals. Um, but Philogene for me is just probably one of the most exciting players we've we've, we've had since the Premier League days. I mean, he's. I, I think I remember on this podcast actually it was when we signed. Um, Scott Twine and then Philogene was revealed as the, the the mystery winger and I wasn't actually that excited no, about Philogene signing and I said Twine was a far better signing and when <laughs> I was excited with about hindsight, signing. yeah, yeah with, with hindsight Philogene's been absolutely phenomenal and then Twine's been quite underwhelming so it's, it's, it's one of those and it yeah I mean that's the thing it's it's at the time it's it's um, Philogene my logic behind it was you didn't hear much about him for Cardiff I mean he ripped Greaves a new one when he came here for Cardiff but you didn't really see people raving about him like they are this season. But I think it was that because of Rosinia? the season Cardiff was having. I think it was because of the season Cardiff was having. It wasn't the greatest season. He was kind of under the radar as a result. Yeah. Do we think he maybe had some shackles on at Cardiff because of the style of play that they had? And Rosini has come here and allowed him to sort of express himself a bit more. Because I, I, I was saying, um, when I watched him for England, he seemed to have even more freedom and, and, and it benefited him more. But I think with this system, you've got to be sort of quite um not not so rigid but you've got to be very uh disciplined in, in what you're doing because Rosini wants you to track back and I, I remember I, I span around to to James's dad Mark at the game and I said look it's very very rare that you get a player of, of Philogene's attacking quality that's willing to come back and defend like he does um mm. so he, he sort of supports his fullback as well as going forward and creating our chances. And he's just like the all round perfect player. I mean, there's been a lot of talk on Twitter about his, his buyback clause. Um, Villa fans seemingly just pretend he's on loan to us. It's, it's a bit funny because they, they, they have no idea, despite giving them, um, you know, proof from Tank about what the clause is. Um, you know, he's our player unless we get promoted, etc. Um, and we can still accept higher bids for him. I mean, Phil Jean's been I, one I of those. Still- Are we turning? Uh, go on, Will. I still think the tactic of we should sell him to Shelburne, Shelburne, bring him back after a month, and then the Villa clause is gone. Yeah, I mean you can you can negotiate a contract with him anyway, can't you? If, if we got promoted, for example, um, you know, if 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 if, if Villa come in with a fifty million pound bid, for example, Jaden can still reject them. He's not guaranteed to play first team football there. And then later on in the season, you can probably renegotiate a new contract without it, couldn't you? I mean, if Villa came in with a fifty million pound bid, I'd maybe accept it. <laughs> No, 15. 15 well, I was going to say, because... Yeah, one five. <laughs> five five zero zero million, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 15 million if we get promoted. Um, and obviously other teams can match it or offer more. And if another team comes in with 30 million pound bid, then Villa have to match it in our first refusal or yeah. say, nah, fair play. So that, I mean, that's the thing. Is is Do we like the approach that the owner's going with where he's trying to, you know, maybe replicate a Brighton or a Brentford where he's trying to make us a hotbed of young exciting talent that you know is either going to bring us success and or generate us a lot of money in the future is that is that the kind of direction you want us to to go in james is that is that something that excites you i think we've been like that for a long time though anyway even under the lambs we was always quite a hotbed for quite young talent it was obviously the, the intention there was just different it was to bring people up to then sell them on for the profit of the club well for the profit of the Allens rather than the club i should say really but I mean, I, I do like Action's approach. I think especially with the investment he's putting in on other teams, like we've mentioned Shelburne, where we're going to be able to develop players at those academies as well. And it's going to create a nice wide pool for us to kind of attract young talent, especially, you know, if we do kind of go forward with a bit of stadium development as well and have a bit more of a better uh, training ground and facilities, it's going to attract more and more of, of these types of players. And that's what really we want. I mean, the team, the team can only get better from here, really, especially with the, the position of the league we're in and depending on where we finish as well, it's it, it's all really up to watch and kind of does with that. Yeah, I mean, it's it's under the Alams, we were very dependent, obviously, on um, the youth academy itself. And I think a few of us were worried that they wouldn't carry that on, but it seemingly have done. Um, but I think Ajin's added that extra prong of we can, we can lure other players here from other clubs, young, exciting players that, you know, 
usually get perched by top end championship clubs low in Premier League. So we can compete on two fronts in terms of having these young players. Because if you look at obviously Slater's still young, Greaves is young. Um, we, we've got a lot of players there that, that could go for a lot more money. Uh, and players like Philogene, I just think, is probably the poster boy for the Ajahn era for me. And I just think it's, it's, it's really exciting. Uh, but speaking of, um, you know, academy graduates, I think left back has been highlighted quite an issue this season. So um, the fact, I mean, we'll, me and Will were saying <laughs> this before we went live. Our best left back is seemingly a centre back. Um, is that a problem going forwards? Because obviously, Vinagra has been brought in as, as one of these mercurial talents that's going to be really good for us. We're yet to see that. James Fairlong kind of. Is is here, but we haven't seen anything of him. And Rosina, whether we can see him, yeah, yeah, and we keep sort of having to rely on sticking Macca as we usually do. Who back in defence and Greaves out left back? But we've had two clean sheets with Greaves at left back yes. now. Um, so is 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 left back a problem, or do we just stick Greaves there till January? <laughs> this this was what I was going to say. You, you pretty much summed up what I was going to say, which was at the moment no, because we've had two games in a row where Greaves has been back at left back. We've had two clean sheets. Um, so at this current moment, no, but it, it does make you wonder, like, because Vinagra came with all the promise and he hasn't really shown it yet. And is Fairlong ever going to play a game? <laughs> you do. Mm, I listened to um, I listened to Rosinia on Umberside, and it, when he was talking about Fairlong, because he was asked by him, I think on um, I think James Hogarth's um, new new radio show, they mentioned it, and it was, um, you know, Rosie was saying about how. We've got such a, a strict and, and, and demanding training regime at the club that when you bring in players, they've got to have time to get used to it. Same with um, Bora Eidenlich, is that how you pronounce it? It's same with him, that they've got to get used to the training oh, yeah, regime yeah. Um, before that they can get introduced to the first team because they need to get up to speed with everything that's happening. But my, my only query with that kind of comment is that if that's the case, then why are we signing you know new players that, that are straight away introduced to the first team? Why don't they have the same treatment kind of thing. I mean, Philogene signed straight in the 11, the lap straight in the 11. So it, it seems to pick and choose when when we've got these players available. Um, would you like to see Fairlong involved, James? Would you like to see what he offers? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we need to change it up. And it's, it's depending on whether or not you can even keep Greavesy happy in that position. So I know that he's definitely been talked about and discussed whether or not he even likes playing in left-back or whatever. And it's, it's going to be important to at least appease him somewhat because that's if he naturally wants to play at centre back centre half and we want to hold on to him that's going to kind of come have to factor into it um obviously Fairlong has come in we've heard good things about him but we're still yet to see anything and I, I, I think we need to give him a chance because I mean Vinagra just has not impressed I, I think I'm not the only one who would say it, anyone really this season especially with you know he tends to make the wrong pass or the wrong cross when he, he makes a really good run forward but then has no end product and then he also sometimes leaves exposed on that left hand side whereas obviously Greaves as I mean I even saw him you know making some really nice deep line runs as well last game so Greaves he can do the same thing that Vinagre can do but he's very solid at the left back um but like, like I say I think Fairlong just needs to be for whatever reason he hasn't been put in the squad yet but we need to give him a chance Mm. I think with Vinagre, it was we he came and we knew that there was some question marks over his defending, but um, you can kind of forgive that if going forwards he gave us that extra dimension that he's he's supposedly got, but we've not seen that yet from either either his offensive or his defensive part of his game has both been lacking, um, and obviously with Greaves he's surprisingly quick for how big he is. I, I, I when I saw Greaves do a full yeah, sprint yeah. at where we sit at the bottom of the east stand, he did like a storming run down the uh, down the left hand side towards the end of the game where he nearly scored. And the the speed he got up to was 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 really surprising for a, for for a big guy. Um, but no, like I say, at the minute Greaves and left back, we've got two clean sheets. It adds us extra height for set pieces, which is another question mark as to why we can't seem to score them. But he's doing the job there, so probably something we revisit come January time. Like we say, Fairlong's a bit of a mystery, and we'll have to just see what what happens with that. He's another youngster, isn't he? So maybe he's just trying to blend him in. I don't know. I'm not quite Blood sure. Him, yeah. It's it's time. Like, yeah, it's 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 working at the minute, isn't it? Um, I'd, I'd I'd certainly rather see him play than, than Vinagre at the minute, and we've not even seen him play, so that says a lot. Um, and to the other full-back position, then. So a lot of people will probably have Cyrus Christie as their first choice right back. Um, last season he was absolutely phenomenal before his injury. Um, you know, goals, assists, 
bombing up and down that right hand side. I think he was the kind of fullback that that he'd have easily been in team of the season. Uh, um, has that injury and his age perhaps caught up to him? Will is is Louis Coyle now our first choice right back? I don't know if the age and the injury has caught up to him per se. I just think that Coyle is putting in consistent positive performances that are keeping Christie from a starting place. Um, he hasn't. I mean, when Christie's come, the last couple of games when Christie's come on, he's looked all right when he's come off the bench. Um, but Coyle, for me, he's just at the moment. He's a. He's always a star, and I know there's a lot of people who don't like him still. They just find that I just don't. He is the scapegoat of that team at the moment still for quite a few people, but I just don't understand how because these performances in recent weeks have just been great. Mm. I think I think what 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 Coyle's, I think Coyle is another example of a player that Rosinia has individually improved since he's been here. I mean, Coyle was always a dependable squad player for me, but I would always have Christie above him. But this season and towards the end of last season, obviously as well, he's shown his ability to get up and down the line because he's not the quickest fullback. I think if he was fast, well, faster than he is, he'd be, here. Uh, he, he, he'd be a phenomenal fullback. It's his pace that lets him down maybe because he, if, if he does get caught in possession up higher at the pitch, he, he struggles to get back. But his, his ability to get up and down that line and his quality of delivery is usually spot on. And, and like you say, you can't really understand the criticism that comes his way sometimes. Um, have you been impressed by, by Louis Carr this season, James? Is he, is he a player that's, that's, that's straight on your starting lineup? Yeah, week in, week out, he's, he's a grafter. Every single game he plays in, he works he, arguably harder than anyone else on the pitch. I mean, obviously, Slate is a similar type of work ethic as well when, when he's not injured. Um, but Coyle, absolutely, has been working his nuts off all season. And you, you can see that in his performances. And I'm, I'm glad that he has stayed in the squad because, I mean, even towards back in the last season, we, we saw the same kind of performances from him then. When he's had to step in the squad from Christie, he's, he, he just kept him out of the team, and rightly so. I think he absolutely offers us, like I say, the best in terms of delivery down that side as well, out of all the centre-halves we have, not centre-halves, sorry, out of all the full-backs we have. And, yeah, like I mean, he's not the tallest of, of, um, of full-backs, but, and, and sometimes it's caught out with that, but you still see him win headers, and he's willing to, you know, dive into a tackle and stuff. He's, he's just, you know, got the type of thing we need from a hard-working player who's not, He's not got the greatest ability in the world, but the, the effort he puts in on the pitch reflects his performances. Mm. And playing with that face mask on, it looks so uncomfortable. Don't know. How it. I mean, it's I think also he's his influence off the field as well, not just on the pitch. That's just so important. Yeah, he's a great captain. I think a lot of people would probably have chosen Greaves to be captain above him, but like you say, Coyle's got that little bit more league experience on him and, and clearly really, really cares about the team and the, and, and the city, obviously, he's from all himself. Um, and he's just, I think he's been great this season. Um, it'd be nice, obviously, to see him get a few more assists. I think that maybe the style of play where we'd rather pass it back than stick it in the box with a cross maybe hinders him a bit. But when he does cross the ball, you've got players like Delap who, who, who are more likely going to be in a position to score it. Uh, an Oscar Estepinian maybe would be um, a very good addition for a Louis Coyle for the ball into the box. But obviously he's... Uh, Let him go. He's over in France. Let him go. <laughs> um, you, might as well be saying, you might as well be saying, oh, I wish Abel Hernandez was still here. <laughs> well, Oscar's actually still our player. He's just on loan, Will. He's not going to be there the next season. No, I don't Except think we'll get a nice, decent <laughs> Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Uh, Ryan Allsop then. So Matt Ingram is a very good goalkeeper. Just maybe a victim of... 
yeah, just maybe a victim of the style of play Rosini wants to play. Not so good with the ball at his feet under pressure, whereas Ryan Allsop, in his impact since coming in, it's clear to see why Rosini wanted a goalkeeper that was good with the ball at his feet and his ability to get us out of tight situations at the back. Um, I think he's been one of our best players since he signed. Do you think he's been a good fit, Will? Do you think he's, he's, he's sort of that missing piece of the puzzle that perhaps we didn't have last season as well? He's been a great fit so far. I mean, there's obviously still been the odd moment, which we started on the Grim Grim, where the ball would get played out a bit too close to an opponent um, and they would uh, have a, a good chance at getting a goal, but nothing has come of it in the last few times it's happened. We've managed to def- defend it well. Yeah, he's, it's, his, it's, his casual, it's his casual ability to play out with the ball at his feet. It's his distribution. Um, he's... he's, he's, he's He's shown he can. He's a decent shot stopper as well. To be fair, yeah. With a couple of the efforts that's been on him, um, but I think I think the most important thing is that distribution from the back that has improved massively because it's under Ingram when he got the ball, it would take a long, it would seemingly take a while for him to get rid of it. But under also he barely has the ball half the time. He's already got rid of it by the time it has it lands at his feet usually. So yeah. I think in terms of defensively, yeah, we, he is a massive improvement on what. Ingram offers and thought it's a shame for Ingram because he's such a decent keeper, at the, especially at this level, and he probably deserves to be starting at this level. He's just unfortunate that it's happened again and he gets back yeah. to the last time and now he had uh, all sort of this time. Yeah, I think obviously when we talk about our poor decision making at the top end of the field, I mean, Philogene again, first half, absolutely golden opportunity, one on one and goal. Oh, Jesus. For some bizarre reason, decides to try and round the keeper instead of shoot. Um, but decision making at the back, I mean, if you look at Ryan Allsop when he's got the ball at his feet, I think that calming influence and that fact to not feel pressure helps us play out from the back a bit better. So when Allsop's under pressure, he doesn't seem to be bothered. I mean, as a fan, you're watching it and you, you're seeing a striker absolutely bombing towards him and you're thinking, oh, God. And Allsop doesn't care. And he just plays it around the corner, a nice little pass necessary in the middle, and off we go. So, do you think that that, that sort of that Cameron influence at the back, James, has helped us with our play out from the back system? Because we do seem to be a little bit quicker now with all stopping goal. I think it was one of the biggest problems with Ingram, really, was that anytime he did have the ball and he got under that little bit of pressure, it looked like a deer in headlights. And I think that fear and the kind of panic that he had whenever he was in control of the ball had an effect on the defensive back four, especially with the players' confidence in him in his ability to, to play the ball out. It, it, it didn't help us as a team. And also, like I say, he's so calm and collected. And while there has obviously been, like Will said, the, the moments where it's kind of been a bit like... You know, it's even Southampton. There was there was a moment where he passed it out to. I think he passed it out to Seri, and there was there was three Southampton players surrounding him. And I thought, you know, some like that, some, yeah. sometimes. The, but I mean, yeah, players players do make mistakes like that, and it's, it's kind of one of the things where you know you make the wrong decision, and it it, it can bite us. But so far, so good. I mean, it's it's not really done any, done any harm to us lately, and um, I just hope he doesn't get too complacent with it. And it, it's kind of one of them things that just just carries on as it is for the moment. Mm. Speaking of complacency, I think uh, a certain John Michael Sari has, in in recent weeks, sort of um, lost that little bit of complacency that was perhaps his only negative to his game lately. Um, that's something I forgot to mention. To be fair, I think he's been phenomenal. Actually, lately, well, you mentioned Sari actually, and I, I was I was thinking about this during the game, and actually Baz brought it up in the press conference after the game about you know we mentioned obviously two fan fitness wise is a different player to when he joined us. Really, he's he's a lot. Off, it gets a lot more physical, really, in the game. And I think Seri's the same. Since he's joined mm. us, he's looked a lot more fitter. And Baz brought the fact that Lehman mentioned it previously, that when we had a week where it would be Saturday, midweek, Saturday, he might not play all three games. And last week, he played all three games and all 90 minutes in all three games. So he shows that he's, he's, his fitness is definitely, levels are improving, and I think that's just a another small part of how Rosini has changed it on the training ground. Yeah, and I think there was concerns that playing him, and this moves on to our next topic nicely, actually, to be fair. I think there was concerns that him and Traore together may give us a bit of a soft underbelly, obviously missing Morton, missing Slater. Um, perhaps people wanted Doc to start alongside Seri to give that bit of energy and physicality. But I think when you've got players like Seri, who, I mean, I can go back when, when we first signed him and I went on Gabe Sutton's show and he was saying 
Are you not concerned that Seri might not have that bit of bite and defensive capability about him to um, fit in the system? And, and do you need a, a Richie Smallwood kind of player to play alongside him to get the best out of him? When you watch Seri play, he actually makes so many tackles and he's not scared of defending oh, whatsoever, yeah. is he? <clears throat> so when, when Traore played alongside him, who also, I think, did very well defensively in that game, um, it, it seems to be, you know, you've got a Serie you can defend, but then also be comfortable on the ball and get us going forwards. And, and he's just been phenomenal. So, uh, but Traore coming in that game, James, was, was you concerned uh, about him being in the side and then pleasantly surprised by his performance? Is he some, is he, did he shock you back in the middle? I thought we looked much better on the pitch um, with Traore playing there as opposed to when Doherty came on. I think Doherty is definitely going to be a casualty of the system. But yeah, I mean, I, I was really impressed by by Traore's performance, I thought, I mean, he offered a lot going forward and he was tracking back, which is what we were expecting from that position. And like like you mentioned with Seri, I mean, he, he does dive into tackles and he, he gets he gets beaten sometimes and, he, and sometimes he can be a little bit um, clumsy, I think. It's same with Traore. I mean, did they, did they both get booked in the game or was it just Seri? Just Seri, I think. Um, but um, yeah, it's just Seri. Um, but yeah, Tra- Traore was... was, was Definitely very impressive. Yeah, just um, com- Compared to some of his earlier moments in the season, I, I-, I think he's-, he's-, he's definitely picked up his game, I thought. Yeah. I think... That, uh, I-, I said this in the game, and I, I think last season, when Traore came back into the side, Will, didn't he play the same role when he was playing really, really well and we was all raving about him? He didn't play in he that number 10, did he? Because Ozan did. No, yeah, he did play deeper for a few games. I think the game where he scored against Millwall, he was playing in that position from memory. Yeah. I might be wrong. Um, but, yeah, similar to what you've mentioned already, uh, in the uh, when the team got sort of revealed in the press room, it was kind of a bit of a, hmm, I'm not sure about that. I'd maybe have played Doherty or maybe even put Jones further forward and move Greaves back in. Um, but I know it's going to be blasphemous on an episode that's called Jaden Philogene. He might have been my <laughs> man of the match. When I think mm. about it, I don't know. That that block for what, from Miller, Chancellor on, yeah, that was brilliant. That was a that was probably a, a goal saving moment. That to be fair, and that's something admittedly I would not expect from someone like Traore. But that shows his commitment to the to, to the cause, and that he's not scared of doing that 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 side of the game. And and like I say, if if last season he was playing that role and we got the best out of him, maybe this is his best position. And because um, James mentioned him, um, I'll ask you about him, Will. Uh, Doherty, I feel like when he came on, it just showed maybe why he's not starting in this position. I just think in possession of the ball uh, and then quick interchanges of passing, he just doesn't seem to be that kind of player, does he? he, he, he what you get with Doherty is similar to Slater. You get, you get industrious effort, work, grit, and a lot of running. But maybe on the ball, he's not going to quite suit us. Yeah, and... Um... I was got you pretty much the words out of my mouth there. It's kind of he's not as technically proficient as a Serie A or a Martin or a, even even as a Slater. I think Slater technically is a very good player as well. Hmm. Um, but he has that energy um, that I think is useful at the end of it. He's useful to bring off the be- be- bring off the bench, um, but not maybe not start a game. Uh, but yeah, he, he's an unusual one. Like he's a casualty in the system because. He doesn't because he doesn't have that technically proficient style. He's never going to be a regular starter. He's always going to be a sort of backup. And when when Liam's playing Triore there, when maybe previously Doherty would have been a sure starter in a, in a game like that in previous times, it's kind of a, gives an idea of uh, where Doherty is in the pecking order. Yeah, I mean, like we say, he's he's going to end up a victim of the system, I think, and it's a yeah. shame because we all love Doc, and he's been a great. Oh player. yeah, it was great. He, that at, League One season was superb. In that League One yeah, season, brilliant, absolutely brilliant. The kind of player we needed at the time, wasn't he? We're getting Nathaniel's comment up because I imagine if he's watching, he's probably angry that we've not stuck it up. Yes, we've put fantastic two wins in two for City. Clean sheets and great goals from Philogene. Other attacking players hopefully will be inspired by him. Huddersfield, rather than next home games, opportunity to get a run going. So. That probably sets us up nicely for, because he's mentioned the other players, um, a certain Mr. Jason Lakilo, who I think, since we first saw him play against Doncaster, we've all been pleasantly surprised and perhaps um, maybe been a bit harsh. I know he's had a couple of injuries and that's probably prevented him from getting in the side and, and the former Slater, but 
a, a player that's that's showing, you know, he's 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 not quite at the level of Philogene, but he's an exciting player, isn't he, James? Have we lost James? He's got a nice little bit of flair. I think when when he um, when he goes forward, he seems to come. Oh, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can hear you. You must be a bit behind. <laughs> I don't know. It's it's lagging for me a little bit. I think. <laughs> Are you with us? Still a bit behind, isn't he? Can you hear us? Yeah, I think you're a bit better. This is superb content. Superb content. Anyway, yeah. Um, Will you 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 talk to us about the kilo while while Jim's <laughs> doing everything? Um, I find him. I think he's very industrious with the ball when he when he has it. He's a. Like you say, he's not as get up and go. I think as Philogene is. Uh, but he. He gets he gets himself involved a lot. I think with Coyle behind him as well has helped him a lot because a lot of times he would when Coyle's making a run forward he would move into midfield and create space for Coyle to move further forward. And um, at least I think I think the fact that Philogene kind of whenever we go forward it's almost it feels like the ball is kind of magnetically attracted to the left side of the field at the moment. Mm. It doesn't really go down the right side. So I don't think the Keelers had much chance to do a lot of his offensive work yet, but uh, he's very promising. Like I say he, he's in, he's very industrious on the ball. I think the more regular he plays, probably the more involved he'll become in the in the game. Yeah, because I feel like um, he's perhaps um, the only criticism you'd have from him is is obviously when he's got the ball in in dangerous positions up front that we maybe should see a bit more in product. You know, a, a better ball yeah. in or. or... But he has shown glimpses that he's going to get there. And like we say, the more he plays, the more he'll get into it and hopefully he gets a goal. Um, are you caught up, James? Are you with us? Yeah, I think I'm here now. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Right, so we'll move on to West Brom then because that's our next away game. A, a tough away game because obviously they're six, aren't they? Are they above us? They no, have West, been quietly under the radar picking their way up the pit, the uh, table under Carbran. Yeah, there's there's not been much said about them, and then when I when I checked the table, I was I was actually surprised that they were in and around. I think they're on the same points as well, just more. I think Cardiff um, are similar as well. Cardiff in the playoffs, and no one's mentioned it. Yeah, uh, and the Hawthorns are usually quite a tough place for us to go. We we don't normally get anything there. Well, last season, the last time. yeah. Um, Last season was 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 was, was quite a, a horror show. Um, I think the last time we won there probably was the three 0 in the Premier League, wasn't it? I believe. No, I think we've won there since. I think we've won there since. I'll find out for you and prove prove you wrong. Yeah, yeah. Do a bit of stat checks. Poor on my behalf for not not checking that in it. But West Brom away then. So so a tough game, James. Is would you take a point there, or should we go in there trying to win? I think we'd be lucky with a smashing grab victory. I mean, like you say, it's it's hard, it's hard to get anything at the Hawthorne, especially with the track record we've got there. Um, and like you said, they, they've quite made the way up the table. They've clearly got a capable team. They're not far off, like, recently relegated Premier League team, at least more recent than us. Um, and I, I think, you know, if we're going to get anything, it, it should be, you know, like like you say, a smashing grab, 1-0 victory, or I, I would take a point. But, I mean, any, any points there, I, I would be happy with. I stand corrected, Anthony. You're right. The last time we won there was that 3 0 in the Prem. 15. Oh, there you go. I was, I was, I was years. I can't remember a decent one. 15 years. So, yeah, a tough place to go to. But um, Carlos Corbin's a good manager, and he did, he did a very good job with Huddersfield. Um, well, he was linked with us before, uh, before Liam got in, and apparently, contra rumours, he wanted the job. But we chose to go through with Liam mm. instead. It was probably the cheaper option as well. To be fair, I think Rosie will have wanted less than Carl. Yeah. He was probably demanding Premier League wages. But obviously, Rosini had the sentimental value. If we'd got Carl, I'd been very happy with that because I think he is a good manager. Yeah, I would have done. Yeah, he, he didn't do very well at Olympiacos. Uh, was it Olympiacos he went to? He was, um, there. he was there for like a couple of months. Yeah, he didn't do very well there, but he's doing a good job with West Brom considering the uh, the financial constraints they're currently under, but they're not in a very good place. So 
I feel like this is probably a bit of a gung ho. Let's go for a promotion season for West Brom. So, um, I mean, you're you're usually happy with the away point, are you? Will you you take a point at West Brom, wouldn't you? Oh yeah, you always want to win your home games and draw your away. Really, if you're looking at going further up the table, so I would absolutely take a point from West Brom. Yeah, I mean, like like Nathaniel said on there, our next two home games are Huddersfield and Rotherham. So that's yeah, we need to be targeting six points there. Hopefully, yeah. Hopefully, we're, we're we're looking at possibly a bit of a home run. Um, I believe I tweeted out our next five games actually. So if we look, um, let's have a look. Let's have a look. Let's have a look. So we've got West Brom away next, Swansea, then it's Huddersfield at home. Right. Yeah, then Swansea away, then Rotherham at home, then Watford away. So you know, the, the, I think West Brom away. If you get a point, and then you're looking at obviously Huddersfield, and you tag it three. Swansea away, you tag it another point perhaps, and then. Like we say, Rotherham, you target three. Watford, not in a really good place, so you probably target three there also. We're looking at, you know, keep us in that top six mix, definitely. I think um, with with what we've proven under Rosini, we had to be, are we? Let's be honest. I think all the teams will be looking at us thinking, this is going to be a really tough game. Yeah, pretty much. I think if you want to stay in the top six, you want to be getting at least nine points out of those five games. Yeah. Would we make any changes for West Brom? Is there any players you'd like to see introduced? Any, any? Well, we, don't change your winning side. Morton will be back fit, but I don't know if I would want to drop him because of how well Triori played. It's a tricky one. That I wouldn't change it in mm. ideally, but that'd be the only one change I'd consider. Would you keep Twine in the team? Yes. Interesting. Would you, James? Yeah, I think he's justified his place in the team at the moment. I don't think he's played badly the last couple of games, despite what people have said. And I think I feel like I think the, with with twice he's, he's not playing. The miss against Birmingham was weird. I think the was miss against Birmingham was. I think the pass from Dalap isn't great, and he's caught in two minds, and he makes the wrong choice. But it's not like horrendous as people make out. Mm. I feel like Twine's not. He's not playing badly, but he's also not doing what we brought him in to do maybe um I, I, I feel like i feel like his energy levels in the last couple of games has definitely increased he definitely gets about a pitch a bit more i think when he he's plays the game more, a lot more he does he does find space a lot more now and i do feel like it's it's only a matter of time before we see a scott twine goal and hopefully that first goal gets him up and running and, and gets his confidence up because i feel like he's perhaps still guessing himself a bit at the minute but i think when you're looking at, i mean you've got Ozan two fan on the bench um, you got Aaron Connolly waiting on the bench. Would Rosie be tempted to stick him in? That's the thing. It's, it's... We've won the last two games. Can you justify dropping anyone when we've done well? Even yeah. though, like, Ozan did so well before his injury, and Connolly had a great start coming off. But I think Connolly's always looked better coming off the bench, to be honest. I'd rather him come off the bench to play than start, I'll be honest. I'd rather see the lap starting yeah, in the middle of every game. Mm. So, so I think we probably all unanimously agree that we wouldn't change the side then. Um, I feel like the only thing left then probably is uh, score predictions, um, <laughs> which we've, we've been so poor with the last week or so in getting them in. Um, I've got to update the table for that, to be fair. Um, Will, there's, there's, there's no point in asking you for yours because it's going to be 3 0, and it's probably going to be 3 0. Oh, I'll say it anyway, 3 0. To the end of time until it actually happens. I mean, we're so close eventually in four seasons. We were so close at Stoke. I was I, I was actually thrilled for you because I thought, oh, Will's going to be able to change it. I was fuming. Fuming. But, but it's working. You're getting consistent points. Whenever we win a game, you still get that point, don't you? So I suppose it's... It, it's a winning tactic, tactic apparently. Um, James, I'll ask you for yours. Yeah. Um, what's your score prediction then? Have we lost James again? Right, I'm going to go I'm with... behind, I think it keeps... Uh... <laughs> it's all right. I think I'm going to go with... Oh, I don't know. West Brom away. See, I'm really overthinking this now because I want to win this so bad. I might actually get us like a, a little winner's trophy or something for the winner of the prediction league, so it's actually worth it. Um... Ah. I'm going to go 1-1. That's the, the typical Hull City score. It's away. It's West Brom. Yeah, I'm going to go 1-1, one, one, I think. It is, it is a very safe bet. It's usually the safe bet at home. I think away from home, it's probably... um Because we actually we tend to win quite a few games. I don't think we've drawn that many away, have we? If we... It's just Millwall. I don't think we've drawn away, have we? 
Yeah, just Millwall. Oh, yeah, Millwall. Yeah, just a Millwall game. So we either tend to win or lose away. So uh, um, maybe maybe a bit of a left-field prediction there for an away game. Um, what about yours, James? Um, I think I'll be quite happy with a scrappy 2-1, to be honest. 2-1 City. 2-1 City. Fair play, we'll take that. So oh, none of us have us losing. Which, which, which means we'll lose. Um, yeah. Which means we'll lose. Um, bit of optimism. Um, yeah, but, but, but positive podcast, two wins on the bounce. Sixth place as well, after 14 games now, is it? Um, with with probably a, a really, what I think was a tough run of fixtures, we've come through quite well. Um, we've had a really tough start to the season. I think there's only really Cardiff and somebody else in the top six that we've not played yet. West Brom that we've got coming up. So, um, you know, we, 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 we've, we've kind of mixed well, up the, only, the best. The only side to take points off Leicester still. Yep. Yep, absolutely. It's when 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 the when the championship's tweeting out who can stop Leicester. Uh, they've already been stopped once uh, this season. Uh, Liam Dalton, <laughs> <laughs> uh, a clean sheet as well. Which which when you look back is absolutely amazing. Like that's that's easily the result of the season so far, isn't it? Um, and Preston nearly did Ipswich as well, didn't they? Three two. They were really unlucky, and they should have had a penalty if anybody's seen that. Um, so that was close to stopping Ipswich's run. But yeah, so uh, thanks to anybody that's been watch uh, watching uh, listening. Uh, obviously the audio listeners for thanks for putting us on after this release uh, obviously sponsored by uh, the old zoological bar and kingfisher fish and chips i've been joined by will and james i've been your host and and we'll be back hopefully next sunday talking about another away at least point um and, and staying in that top six uh mix so thanks to everybody this is way listening. too professional and outro <laughs> and we'll see you next time i know it works i mean this is who needs nathaniel oh well <laughs>